Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I am A. Sherrod Blakely with the co-host with the most looking all like <laughs> regal today, Kwani A. Lunas. What you got a guest role in the Eddie Murphy, uh, my man Arsenio Hall coming back to America too? Looking yeah. like a queen over here. Always come with the jokes. I actually just did a 10 questions with NBC 10 Boston with TJ Douglas the owner of the Urban Grape in Boston, South End. So go and check that out since I got that free promo already. <laughs> well, since you're giving out free promos and all that, I'm going to give one out as well. And mine is going to go to my team, betonline.ag. Yes. Shout out to betonline.ag. Continue to show the A-List podcast some love. And we will in turn try to do the same. And you out there can show us some love with, what do we want, Kwani? What do we need? We want five-star reviews. We want subscriptions, and that's really all we want. You could add follows in there if you want, but it's really about the views and the subscriptions, giving betonline.ag some love because they're the reason why we keep coming back every week. They still Absolutely. love us, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you need added incentives, show Kwani some love with her birthday right around the corner, the day after Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. That's Kwani Day. So show her some love with the five-star review and some positive comments and all that. <laughs> I'll tell you who could use some positivity right now, the Celtics. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I mean, they're, they're wrapping up that West Coast trip, but it's been it's been really up and down for them. I think they've lost like four out of six, something like that. Uh, you've got Jalen Brown has missed a couple games. Kimba Walker has been up and down. Marcus Smart. I mean, what's, what's your take on what's going on with, with them right now? I guess it's something that you would expect because that's how NBA seasons go. Obviously, this is an unconventional season. But the wear and tear of the season generally is something that you look to see on every team. But this team, it's it's really weird because, like you said, we started off with a lot of hope in you know looking at the way that they played in the bubble. You would hope that the momentum would kind of drive them to do really well. And they have been playing well. But now that you, they've been plagued with these injuries and the rotations aren't looking too cohesive, I'm curious as to see what the rest of this season will look like. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm real curious about Kimba Walker specifically because yes. I mean, really, yes. he he's been that one guy that I mean, when he has a role, pretty damn hard to beat. Right. But he's been so damn inconsistent, and and I'm not sure if it's just that that you know that that leg knee issue that he's been dealing with. I'm I'm not sure if it's something you know more serious than that. I mean, when you look at the miles that that brother has logged in the league, at some point, the wheels ain't going to turn like they used to. They're going to slow down a little bit. You're not going to get. Yeah. You're not going to do the things that you're used to doing. And I don't know whether we're at that point with him or whether this is just lingering effects to some of that soreness that he's been dealing with. I, I don't I don't have a feel for that. Right. And I'm not completely down on the team. I will say that Celtics Clippers game did not disappoint as we expected. But I just want to see that on a consistent basis, which, again, I know is hard. I'm not the one out there playing game in and game out. But I would like to see a little more togetherness with that. Some Ubuntu. Oh, uh, look at you. There you go. A little Doc Rivers back in the day. Eight. That championship vibe. That's what they had. That championship vibe. Yeah, not oh, history. There you go. Well, well speaking of, of history, uh, the guy that seems damn near every year he steps out on the field is making history, Tom Brady. My goodness. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. Know, by the way, I just wanted to be known that you did not take the GOAT in this mm -hmm. matchup. I did. I should see. I still didn't put my money on betonline.ag because. I failed myself. Well, <laughs> look, bottom line is this. Tom Brady is that clock that's never broke. 
Because most clocks break, and, and that means you get it right twice a day. Tom, yep. uh-uh. W- w- whatever. Tom, don't break. I mean, and we'll and we'll get into a little bit more, you know, with our guests, you know, later on. But, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to imagine how someone 43 damn years old, and I'm going to stress the word old, because 43 in NFL years is old. Yes. How is he able to keep doing what he what he does? And and uh, granted, there were others that helped. You know that defense yeah. was ridiculous for them oh, leading yeah. up to this. But Tom made all the right throws, hooked him up with his homeboy Gronk, set a new record for for the best you know quarterback receiving tandem in Super Bowl history. I think they they've got like thirteen or fourteen touchdowns they they've connected on. I mean, we already knew he was a goat, but damn, yeah. it's, it's just like. How much more of a goat can you be about this? Exactly. And you mentioned the touchdown, like the fact that his first touchdown pass was to Gronk. I'm sure, you know, it's funny because generally, I think leading up into this matchup, a lot of people were like, oh, Patriots fans, they don't care. They're going to hate Tom Brady. But watching the way that Patriots Nation received Tom Brady and his excellence just went to prove that Patriots fans, New England fans are not as salty as people think. Everyone was rooting for him, and to see him go on and to continue to to do great things, I think, is a testament to what he learned here in New England. I'm still surprised at how cool fans were with. with the <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we've all broken up with somebody at some point, and when they leave, you don't want to necessarily see them destroyed or hurt, but you don't want to see them prosper. Right. The way he did. I mean, Tom was basically like, "Look, not only am I'm leaving." But I'm going to another team, and we're going to do something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're hosting the Super Bowl. Guess what? <laughs> we're going to host the Super Bowl. I know it's never been done, but y'all got to remember, I'm Tom Brady. What you can't think can be done, I find a way to do. Um, he is the. I mean, I'm like, I'm look, I'm I'm one of those people that thinks at some point he is going to falter. At some point he is going to break down. At some point he is not going to deliver. And Tom just kind of looks at me and the rest of, of the naysayers, be like. Okay. I think people are underestimating, though, the value of like going into another city, starting on a new team, changing that culture, and in one season going to a Super Bowl and winning. I think that, I mean, obviously that's being talked about, but it's just really mind blowing for him to be able to turn around that culture. I saw that Danny Amendola, a former Patriot, and I, I, I don't want to give this too much credit, but he did say that Tom Brady is the Patriots' way. But it, I think if you talk about the Patriots' way and the ideology behind it, there had to be a lot of turning around of that locker room culture for him to go in there and really convince these guys, like, I got you, but you just have to trust me, and we're going to get to the Super Bowl. And clearly he was able to prove that to them this year. Yeah, but you know you know what, though? I mean, we, we, we do talk about the Patriots' way a, a lot, but I'm wondering now, is it really the Brady way? Mm. I mean, have, have we just automatically aligned what he did in New England to the way things are done in New England – and just completely, you know, just dismiss the idea that maybe the, the Patriots way is really the Brady way. Because for him to go to Tampa Bay, uh, a place that has a lot of nice pieces, yeah. but they clearly were lacking something from a culture standpoint, from a yeah. leadership standpoint. And for him to go in there and just completely revamp the way they do things. Yeah. And and remember, you know, the the relationship that that he had with his head coach, uh, there were a lot of. It was not the same as it used to be with Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, he dealt with a coach in Tampa Bay who had no hesitation in putting him on front street when he did yeah. not play well. Right. And to Tom's credit, 
rather than bitch and moan about it, rather than just say, look, I'm the one with all the bling bling. You want to get what I have. Tom was just like, okay, cool. Say what you got to say, but I'm still going to do what Tom Brady does. And, and we're going we're gonna to win. And the thing about the way they, they play, you look at how they played the second half of the season. They were a completely different team. It was almost as if he needed the first half of the season to kind of get fired up, get revved up, get the engines running the way they're supposed to. And once they hit the, the home stretch of the regular season and then into the playoffs, it didn't matter who they played or where they played because they were all, they, it's kind of ironic. Their only home game in the playoffs was the Super Bowl. Right. Everything else was the road. Right. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback the NFL has ever seen. There's a new argument out there, or not an argument, there's a new discussion about whether he's the greatest athlete. And that's a conversation for another day. Because, uh, again, quarterbacks, athletes, they're not synonymous with one another. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But for now, let's, uh, let's catch up with our guest, Mr. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Taylor from The Athletic, welcome to the A-List Podcast, my friend. How you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. I, I just left sunny Tampa for single-digit Kansas City. So uh, it, it could be better, but, you know, the temperature is is probably the same way a lot of Chiefs fans feel mm-hmm. uh, after watching that game on Sunday. Well, we're in Boston, Nate, so you get absolutely zero sympathy uh, I guess when it comes to weather. It is snowing right now. This, it's week. literally snowing as we are storm in a week. <laughs> so it was, it was snowing when I when I got home. It was snowing when I landed. Yeah. We don't hear okay. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, Lori, we ain't trying to hear that. What I do want to hear though from you is is about just what the hell happened. I mean, you look at the Chiefs just absolutely running. Just running through teams yep. uh, in the regular season in the playoffs. Uh, they think they were talking about some of those funky stats where I can't remember the last time your the punter was on the field more than once. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and he was, and it was as if they might as well have, have built a statue out there for him as much time as he had to spend on the field. What the hell happened, Nate? It's it, it's a long season, and this <laughs> sort of proves just how hard it is to repeat as champions, right? Whether you're trying to do it in the NBA or in, in the NFL. Um, they had so many injuries over the season, and they all sort of happened at one sort of place where you, you need Patrick Mahomes to be his best, and that's at the offensive line. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz was out with a back injury. He was the best offensive lineman they had last year. Kalecchi Osimile was one of these guys that you sign because you have Patrick Mahomes, where you sort of convince him, hey, you can make money elsewhere, but you could you could play with Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't that sound great? He blows out tendons in both of his knees. Damn. Um, it's it's so bad. Um, and then Eric Fisher in the AFC Championship game, who was their right. Pro Bowl left tackle, who plays the most important position on the line, he tears his Achilles. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, the team's going to go to the Super Bowl again. This is really cool. This could be an historic moment for the team. The opponent that they're playing in the Super Bowl just happens to have – the best defensive line left in the playoffs in the Buccaneers who have, I mean, Shaq Barrett is, is amazing. Yes. Um, He's going to get paid too. Yeah. Right. The idea that Jason Pierre Paul is still playing at this high of a level, this late in his career is pretty incredible. VFA had been injured for most of the year, but he is a mean dude in the middle of that defensive line. 
And so Patrick Mahomes had no time. And sometimes, as I'm sure you you know, Sherrod, even when things don't work for Patrick Mahomes, he can still be creative. He can still improvise. He can still use that leg. He's got an amazing arm. And if you give him any time, of course, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins are going to get open. Um, he had less than two seconds to make a decision. And I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. You, you're not going to find the open receiver in less than two seconds a lot of times. Um, it's a wild stat that he was only sacked three times because that, that man was running for his life. And when the Chiefs, when the rest of the Chiefs know the quarterback can't be who he normally is, I think that psychologically played into a, a big part as to why they didn't have their best game of the season. And the Buccaneers took advantage of that. They exploited that weakness. And look, they were the better team. And there's nothing that I really think the Chiefs could have done to make them back-to-back Super Bowl champions when there were so many issues that were in front of them. This matchup was definitely billed as a battle of the quarterbacks, the old versus the new. What did you see out of Tom Brady specifically that made him stand out versus Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, a lot of ways I feel like the Chiefs defense had some good some good strategy. You know, they stopped him on the first two drives. Frank Clark got a sack on Tom Brady. But then, you know, with any great quarterback, whether you're 25 in Mahomes or 43 in Brady, oh, okay, I have an idea of what the defense is doing now. I know what my players can do. And, and a very wise thing that not a lot of teams did all year is they put a six offensive lineman on the field, mm-hmm. which meant like, hey, we're going to go in these heavy sets. I'm going to show you the football. And it's a play action. And so the linebackers, the safeties, they all have to kind of move up. And there goes Rob Gronkowski right by you, right? I mean, that connection was the reason the Buccaneers scored so many points. And once you have to honor Rob Gronkowski, now that opens up things for Leonard Fournette. Uh, they have a lead so they can sort of, you know, milk the clock a little bit, sort of put their tempo in place. Um, Brady figured it out by about the second quarter. And the Chiefs really didn't have anything to do to counteract that. You could blitz if you want, but that just gives Brady the chance to find the open receiver pretty quickly. Um, I thought Rob Gronkowski was the best player on the field for the Buccaneers offense, yeah. but a lot of it came a lot of it come down to okay, Brady knows what the Chiefs are doing. Let's 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 make sure I got six guys blocking for me. That was not Patrick Mahomes' case. Patrick Mahomes is running for his life with five men, but Brady was like, let me get a six man. I'll have six blockers, only three receivers. But I'm pretty convinced that Rob Gronkowski is going to be open. And he caught six of the seven targets that were available for him. I I swear, just watching that game reminded me of when I was back in Michigan and I coached my son's flag football team. (laughs) And we played played a team that had a quarterback who, I mean, had to run like a 4-6, We could not catch him at all. At all. My quarterback, (laughs) not so fast. It felt as though Mahomes was running for his life every single time. And here's the thing that bothered me. uh, And and I want to hear your take on this, but I felt as though so many of the chiefs players played scared. They played as if, as, as if they were 
nervous as if they had never been in the damn Super Bowl before. I mean, when you think about the, I mean, Mahomes was running for his life all day, and he right. made some throws that guys just flat out drop. Drop. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of stuff that you see when you got a neophyte in that type of game, not the defending champ. And the only thing that I could think of when I started doing all the math and and all the arithmetic with the carry the ones and and all that, the only thing that I could come out of that with is that. The Brady factor got in the heads of pretty much everyone mm. on that damn KC team except Mahomes. And that because of that, Mahomes was a shell of the player that we're accustomed to. I mean, the idea that he could go an entire game and not score a single touchdown. Are a you touchdown. Kidding? I know. I know. I mean, that's 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 exactly what I wrote in the athletic. This guy does the most valuable thing at the most valuable position in the sport, which is go get you touchdowns, right? Go get, get you points. Zone. Get me points. Get in the end zone. You're going to win all the time if you can do that at a, at a high level, right? Um, the Buccaneers defense was good. I don't want to take credit from them. Todd Bowles had a very impressive game plan because they obviously learned these dudes are really fast. Um, Tyreek Hill cannot beat us deep. Um, but I agree with you in a lot of ways, Sherrod. They're the defending champs. They're the team that's supposed to be here and take advantage of that in the first quarter, right? We're like, hey, we we get off, we start fast, we put a lot of pressure on the Buccaneers. And in a weird way, I think the Chiefs showed how human they are in some ways because when it's not going right for Patrick Mahomes, and I think the game really turns on Tyree Kill's dropped touchdown pass. It's a blitz. Patrick Mahomes scrambles. He's doing his thing. He throws it on a dime. And one of the most reliable stars on the team just just drops a touchdown pass. Like it just it goes right through his hands, hits him in the face mask. And so instead of being up seven nothing and you going back to the sideline saying this is who we are. Right. This is how we start our games. We know what we're supposed to do. Look what Mahomes just did. And they know that that's going to be happening for the next 60 minutes. The Buccaneers can go. Whoo. Okay, We're only down three nothing. Tom Brady can say, okay, if we just get a touchdown, we'll get the momentum. I, I can't understate just dropping a simple touchdown pass, what that does psychologically. And for the first time in 55 Super Bowls, the Buccaneers were able to ride the wave of playing in their home stadium with a home crowd. And think about this statistic. It'll never say it on the NFL box score or in the record books. It won't say it on the Chiefs website. Since Mahomes has been their starting quarterback, They've never played a road playoff game until Sunday. What? Sunday was the first time they had played a road playoff game. Mahomes in 18 takes them to the AFC Championship game. Mahomes in 19, they win the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. They go on to win the Super Bowl. 20, they go back to the AFC Championship game for the third straight time. They're the first AFC team in NFL history to host the AFC Championship game, something the Patriots couldn't even do. Mm. And obviously, they go back to the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl was supposed to be a neutral site game. The problem was the Buccaneers won three road games <laughs> to have the first home Super Bowl. So I think the Chiefs had never been in a at that high of a stakes before and also played on the road. And you're going up against a legendary quarterback who you know is not going to make a lot of mistakes, who knows what it's going to take to win the game. And so once the Buccaneers, I think, get a double-digit lead, it's not like playing Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not like playing Josh Allen. This is not Lamar Jackson. This is the most legendary quarterback in the league, and he's going to squeeze the life out of you if you give him an opportunity. 
And the rest of the guys around the Buccaneers played up to the best of their abilities because they felt comfortable in their home stadium. And the Chiefs, in a weird way, were just playing a road Super Bowl, a phrase you've never said before. And it's just, it's unmistakable that if this game was played at perhaps a neutral site or if it was played at Arrowhead, maybe Tyreek Hill catches that touchdown pass. Maybe Travis Kelsey, you know, catches a third down pass that would give the Chiefs another first down, would give them some momentum. Instead, he drops it in the second quarter. I know we're going to probably talk about it. It's the greatest incompletion of all time. My man threw the ball as he was parallel to the ground. Exactly. And Darrell Williams Williams dropped the pass. So, like, the, the, the Buccaneers deserve credit, but the Chiefs played like a team that hadn't played a road playoff game in three years. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, the the stakes were very high in this. And let's be honest, the Chiefs, they crapped out. Uh, But I tell you what, the Super Bowl may be over, but there's still time to cash in with betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, the NFL season, bye-bye. But there's still plenty of college basketball, and the NHL are both in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards. TV shows and reality TV. So if you want to get your bachelorette gamble game on, boom, we got you. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything and everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free. Let me tell you again, free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device of your choice to sign up today and receive the thin welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, people. Get in on the action, baby. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Back here with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Now, Nate, okay. I'm still just processing slash marinating over what what happened. But but we've kind of danced around the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady. Was there anything that you saw out of of that dude? I'm like, he's just a normal guy. That dude, that dude, Tom Brady, (laughs) like he's not the goat, like he's not the baddest one to do the damn thing. Is there anything you saw out of him that you, that caught you by surprise or was unexpected, you know, in, in that moment down there? He's still playing like he hasn't won, at least this was Sunday. He, he played as if he had won six Super Bowls, right? I mean, he he sort of matched the Bucking a lot of the Buccaneers, right? Obviously, Rob Gronkowski has won Super Bowls. Um, but I felt like in a lot of ways, he matched the intensity, the hunger, the desire. And, of course, Tom Brady knows who's across the sideline and Patrick Mahomes, who they call, you know, as of last week, the, the baby goat. And, look, he's – He's the most talented player in the league, a wide margin. Um, but Tom Brady, like, kind of a great way of being a chameleon and being like, these guys are so hungry for a Super Bowl. They got me here for this reason. I came aboard because I told them I could win them and lead them to a championship, so I might as well go out and do it. Um, the interaction between throwing the touchdown to Antonio Brown, the fact that they pinpointed and put Brown on the Chiefs' best defensive player in Tyron Matthew. And look, the man was was trash-talking Tyron Matthew back and forth as if he was like all the way back in New England as a 26, 27, 28-year-old 
who was trying to you know prove himself every time he stepped on the field. That's what yeah. and Honey Badger impressed. ain't no joke. Honey Badger is no. nice. No, <laughs> he's the I truth. Mean, th- these are perhaps you know two Hall of Fame players telling one another, "I don't think you're as good as you think you are." And look, Brady got the best of them. Um, you know, since Patrick Mahomes had played Tom Brady the last two games, the Chiefs had won. And so he clearly used that as motivation. He clearly understood, here's how I lead my guys to victory. I don't want to show that, you know, I've done this before and I'm above it. Um, I want to go out and sort of get in the fray, as they would say. And I think a lot of things were knowing what you're good at, knowing that I'm not going to throw the ball deep a ton today, but I need to do it a couple times just to make the Chiefs feel my presence. And then, hey, when it's time for Leonard Fournette to go get these rushing yards to milk time off the clock, I want to tell him in the huddle, like, this is your moment. This is your time. And I just think he fed off the energy around his teammates, but he's so talented and so aware of the situation that he's always going to put his guys in the right spot. And when they were going into victory formation, you know, he was he was really – he was like – it was so weird. For a dude to win seven Super Bowls, when they know they're going in victory formation, he's the guy most hyped in the huddle to be like, you're a winner. Like, you're a champion. Like, we did it. Um, and so it'll never get old to him. And I think that's something that Mahomes can appreciate and sort of, you know, put himself in Brady's shoes moving forward in his career that no matter how he's won it, no matter when he's won it, like that, the next one is always the is always the one that fires him up. And for a guy who's forty three, I was just wildly impressed that 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 dude brought the energy, the intensity um, to an all time battle against a quarterback who's obviously trying to follow his path. It is Black History Month, so I would re- be remiss if I didn't bring this up: the fact that on the sideline, the Bucks were able to make some history as well with all black coordinators. Do you think that is a sign of progress when it comes to the NFL's diversity issue? It, it certainly helps. Um, now, we also have to acknowledge, too, that uh, Anthony Lynn was fired this year mm-hmm. with the Chargers. Um, Robert Sala was the only minority to get a head coaching job right before the Houston Texans, who, by the way, have the worst job in the NFL by a wide, a wide margin. Not even um, close. You know, so... They get David Cutley, who's fine. I mean, he's he's been in the league for a long time. He's also under the Andy Reid coaching tree. But nobody else wanted that job, and so they had to, you know, it, it's one of those unfortunate, like, you make a minority hire, and it's good on the league, but the best jobs in terms of what's available do not go to the top candidates. So, obviously, Eric Bieniemy is still, you know, perhaps the most um, accomplished perhaps overqualified offensive coordinator in the league who has yet to be given a head coaching job, but it's, it's, it's going to take more coaches like Bruce Arians Mm -hmm. to further empower these minority coaches and women coaches. Cause there was two women on the Buccaneers staff who obviously are now the first women to be on a full-time coaching staff and understand that they've won the Super Bowl. It's people like Bruce Arians and Reed um, to Explain to owners in very simple details that you don't have to hire the next genius who looks like you. Um, you can go about winning in a number of different ways in the NFL. And it's been proven both statistically and anecdotally from NFL players that if you have a black coach, the players who are predominantly black 
want to see that man have success just as much as their own. Um, Tom Brady doesn't have a problem being coached by Byron Leftwich just as much as he didn't have a problem being coached by, you know, the guy who we assume is going to be the air replacement in Josh McDaniels in New England. Um, look, Bob, Todd Bowles did a fabulous job. Did the Buccaneers benefit from the Chiefs having a poor offensive line? Of course, but they still covered Tyreek Hill. They still found a way to make Travis Kelsey not be, you know, again, he, they made sure that he didn't have a Gronk like performance. Right. Um, so I want to see in the future, the league go about owners understanding that you can win in a, in a, in a number of different ways. And it doesn't have to be um, so cookie cutter when it comes to just hiring the next white offensive coordinator or the next white, you know, quarterback coach who's some guru. Um, I understand why the Chargers hired, you know, the coach that they did because he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the league last year who was coming from the Rams. Um, but you, you, you can't explain it to me. <laughs> why, why, why the, why did the Detroit Lions hire hire Coach Campbell? Why? Because he's gonna he's gonna bite kneecaps and, and I, I don't, ankles and I don't understand it. <laughs> like it makes it, it well, is he Kevin like I, I would tell people like is he Kevin Stefanski and the answer is no. So why'd you hire him? <laughs> like when when you have so many minority candidates who are clearly available, you know to to put your team in the best position to have sustainable success moving forward. I, I don't understand it, but it's, it's an ownership problem more than anything. And so, Hey, the team that's won the Lombardi trophy, the last two years, the chiefs and the Buccaneers had minorities at the coordinator position. Um, That should not be slighted. And in fact, if you want your team to have success in the future, you should probably interview those coaches, give those coaches a chance, have some equality or increase the level of equality at the highest level in the league and see if your players are going to play harder, going to play better with some, you know, with, with a, with a, with a coaching perspective that may be different than you're accustomed to. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the, the, the biggest issues that, that I see, and, and, and because we're talking about football, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this analogy. They keep moving to goalposts. Yes. At one point it was that, well, you know what, these minority coaches, you know, they're they're position coaches and they're not really coordinators. And so we need someone with a little bit more experience. So then you get more experience. Well, you know what, that isn't really quite the type of experience we're looking for. Uh, like like Eric Bieniemy, for example, one of the knocks on him was that, well, you know, he doesn't really call the plays. It's, it's Andy <laughs> Reid. And then I start thinking <laughs> they didn't say the same thing about Doug Peterson. Who no, was they in did the not. same damn role, did the same yep. damn thing, and then he got the job coaching the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, he led them to their one and only, their only Super Bowl. <laughs> and and so, again, that for me is the frustration with the NFL about you can't keep your damn lie straight. One mm. minute it's this, one minute it's that, and the minute that you're, the receipts for that particular uh, supposed truth are revealed, then you change up your story. That's my issue with them because there is there it is it is absolutely damn right damn near criminal that Eric Bieniemy was on is right now is getting ready to be the guy in Kansas City. It, it's uh, when you look at his resume and you stack it up against all the yeah. other guys that got coaches, you cannot tell me that every single one of them was a better, more qualified, better fit than Eric Bieniemy. Can't, no. can't convince me. Cannot it, convince hard. me. It's hard because. Even Roger Goodell knows uh, 
he's working for people who are incompetent. Let's just be real, okay? Like, Roger Goodell works for the owners. He is the commissioner. He needs 32 owners to essentially work in some level of cooperation about how to keep the league moving afloat, how to generate more money. What are the rules going to be this year on the playing field? What do we need to change? Um, Roger Goodell knows that he's working with such incompetent people. And I would say maybe of the 32 owners, maybe 10 of them are wise, smart, have been having sustained success for a long portion of the time. There's another 10 owners who are, you know, they've had some ups and downs, but given the right situation, their team can have, you know, real success or be a prominent team in the NFL. And then there's the other owners who are, you know, incompetent, like the one in mm-hmm. Houston. Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 Roger Goodell tried to get to have with, and this is with an accordance with the players association. This is understanding that the 32 owners agreed to this. Roger Goodell was like, can I give y'all more draft picks? If you hire a black man, like, like the jets are going to get an additional third round pick. Cause they hired Robert Salah, who by the way, is a very good coordinator yeah. in San Francisco. They had been a very good team for a long time defensively. On his watch, the 49ers may have won the Super Bowl last year if the Chiefs don't have Patrick Mahomes and a more healthy offensive line. So the the, the Jets are going to benefit, but that's what it takes. It takes incentivizing white owners that, hey, you could have more players through more draft picks who could probably most likely be predominantly more black players if you just hired somebody who looked like them and was as qualified as any other candidate available to them. Um, look, I I don't know what else the league could do other than to sort of expose, which they'll never do, expose how incompetent some of the, the, the hiring practices are in the league um, because it's this bad and it may take more lawsuits in the future to say, hey, we're like truly tell somebody in a, in a, in a lawsuit why – they were passed over when, like we've mentioned previously, they were just as qualified as this person, but yet it took them five, five, six, eight times more the interviews to get a certain job. Damn goalpost can man. Speaking of moving, hey Kwani, let's play a game. What you got? Game time. We're gonna play the A-list RPO call. Is that what you want to play? <laughs> let's do it. Let's play that. All right, so Tom Brady's presence was a major factor in Super Bowl 55's outcome. Are you running with this or are you passing on it? I'm running with it. It's it's hard to deny it. I mean, he's he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still good enough to get the get the job done. And um if the Buccaneers go into the Super Bowl with a different quarterback, maybe they're a little bit nervous timid let's let's see how it goes but when you know you have Tom Brady you can just play with full confidence and um as long as you're talented Brady's Brady's probably going to get you to the finish line if you give him an opportunity I am going to pass on this and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to pass on it because <laughs> as good as I think Brady was without question I thought Kansas City was astronomically worse than they normally are. I thought the offensive line, and, and to the point that you made earlier, when that t- it wasn't just Mahomes that I thought felt the impact of that drop touchdown. That offensive line, which 
to me, had a very shaky feel about them. For them to get a potential early score, I think from a cycle standpoint, could have yep. dramatically changed the way that they went going forward. There's that. Mahomes, I thought he did everything he possibly could do to give that team a win. He did not have any help. I think guys like Tyreek Hill, I think Travis Kelsey, I thought those guys played as if this were their very first NFL game and not the game that a defending NFL champion would play. That's why, as great as Brady was, I'm going to pass on him being the biggest factor because I think Kansas City's self-inflicted wound after wound after wound after headshot after blow, that to me, was the major factor in this game's outcome. All right, so this prompt is play in action. We have Mahomes, Kelsey, Tariq Hill. The biggest disappointment was who, in your opinion? Tyreek Hill. I mean, you're there there for a reason, and it's it's to beat with anything that the defense presents to you. And some of this is coaching related. Uh, maybe they didn't give him the, the best opportunities to have success in the middle of the field with the football. But um, because it was so early, because of what was mentioned just a, a few minutes ago, if you just catch one 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 pass, the whole maybe the whole maybe the season is is with you guys with confetti falling on and guys raising the trophy for the second year and unquestionably in NFL history being one of the best teams that has ever done it. Right? I mean, they were. They were 14 and one with Mahomes as starters. Tyreek Hill didn't miss a game all year. Tyreek Hill was excellent. He was an all pro player. All pro players are supposed to catch that pass. I would. I want to disagree with you, Nate, but damn it, I can't. (laughs) Tyreek to me, he he's like that when it rains outside. And you see that that little slug on the on the ground, and if you happen to have some salt, pour over it, and it just shrivels up right before your eyes. I felt I was watching Tariq Hill in that game shrivel up right before my eyes. He is an incredible player. Uh, he is. One of one of the one of the few guys in the NFL that I think almost every other player in the league would want to pay and see play because he's so dynamic, so such a difference maker, and he was just an absolute dud in every sense of the word and to me you're why that's you you to me you had the ability to be the ultimate game changer from the very from the early stages that could have had a domino effect on the rest of the game now we don't know whether that would have been the case or not but it damn sure would have been a lot easier for that offensive line to feel like whoo now we can just go out here and play we, we actually did our job and at that point you slowly but surely planted a little bit of seed of doubt into yep. that that buck that Buccaneers defense, which, as you pointed out earlier, Nate, I mean they've got stud after stud after stud, many of whom are going to get paid and then some uh, sooner rather than later. At at that point, you start planting some seeds of doubt. At that point, you're not going to phase Brady, but you damn sure may potentially phase the guys around him. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're feeling better about that group. They're feeling better about themselves. And now all of a sudden, at a minimum, you have a game that will be far more competitive than what we saw. Um, I, I mean, I, I have people who, who are you're texting me like, you know, early in the fourth quarter, like, is this game over yet? Are you still watching it? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're like, good. Let me know what the final score is when, when you're done watching it. And I'm thinking like, damn. And then when you see the ratings come out and you realize that it's one of the, one of the worst rated Super Bowls that they've had. 
And you think about the teams that were playing and you think about just the iconic dynamics at work, the GOAT present versus the GOAT of the future. And y'all didn't want to watch that? And I think about why, why would people want to tune that game out? Can't help but not get past the fact that he dropped that damn touchdown. I can't get over it. Yeah. I can't get over it. And if I, if yeah. I were his friend, I would keep him away from all sharp objects because I don't know if he's going to be able to get over it. That was it. That's a that one doesn't walk away. You can't just go to bed at night and be like, nah, you know, just I just had one of them bad days at the office. Oh hell no, that was just that, yeah. was, bad. that was like you know you have ten projects that you have all year long. And you ace the first night, and the tenth one is worth like you know, it's like a class; it's worth half your grade. And you don't show up; you yep. oversleep. You had a little too much rum and coke the night before at, at the at the at the club. <laughs> yeah, it's Tyreek. I don't know what happened to him. I just I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen him catch those type of passes all year, which again, which is why he was a All Pro player. And down the road in the future, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated when I talk to these guys. What will stay with them more? Will it will it be that 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 championship that they had a year ago? How they were able to do it coming back from ten points down in the fourth quarter, or will they remember all the mistakes that they made that prevented them from everybody calling them a dynasty? And for for guys like Tyree Kill, it may be the latter more than than what you know you're going to be most remembered for, which is obviously getting that championship. As significant as that moment was, I still for me I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes because overall I think. Like we said, this matchup was billed as a battle of the quarterbacks and really getting to see an offensive game. Yes, Tampa Bay did shut him down essentially, but I would have loved to I would have loved to see him figure out that defense quick enough to be able to maneuver and maybe get his team a little more points on the board. But overall the whole thing was a disappointment because I expected a better matchup. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, yeah. I thought I thought this game was gonna be back and forth. I thought, hey, yeah. whoever has the ball last was gonna yeah. win. And uh, oof, that was that was as as Andy Reid said, it was a bad day to have their worst game of the season, and that is that's exactly what happened. Now, now speaking of Andy Reid, and, and and we'll we'll let you go after this, Nate. Promise. Um, there was the accident involving his son, and and those two two uh, young young folks, uh, four and five years old, who are you know pretty seriously injured in that accident. You don't want to conflate that type of stuff with a football game uh, because what they're dealing with is real. Uh, yep. What happened on the football field is just a job. But the world's collided. Uh, there, there's no question about that. And I'm just curious. I mean, I mean, you. What role did that play, if any, in how they played? Because it, it, you know, you try when when a team that looks as good as Kansas City did for so long has a yeah. game like that. You're trying to look for explanations as to what the hell went sideways. And it's impossible to ignore the fact that one of their assistant coaches, who just so happens to be the son of the head coach, who, and again, not really trying to point fingers at Andy Reid, but he didn't have one of his best games either. Right. Uh, the players right. didn't play well. He did not have a great game either. You have to wonder whether that, was weighing on his mind because uh, you know i mean they, i mean you're a father just like yeah. i am i mean when stuff happens with your kids you may be going to work but your mind isn't necessarily locked in the way it normally would be when you've got things that are affecting your kids whether it's directly or them in this case indirectly with those two young young folks who are hurt yeah um there's there's a way to explain this in in that i've tried to process myself over the last 48 hours because i i agree too like okay 
it doesn't make sense for them to play this poorly, given that they were this talented and had this much experience. On the same hand, um, Andy Reid is like a lot of people, right, who are when you get to that certain age in life, there's still a job to do, despite how gut-wrenching it had to be for him uh, to learn Thursday night that his son, who allegedly appears, and this is what he told police, uh, that Britt Reid told police that he at least had two or three drinks. Um, The accident is basically off an exit from the practice facility. So the assumption Mm -hmm. is that he allegedly was drinking at the team facility before he got in a car. And the end result is there's a five-year-old girl who remains unconscious and in serious condition with injuries, particularly to her head. Um, And perhaps doctors trying to prevent internal bleeding, you know, leading to a much grimmer result. Andy Reid had to do one of the most difficult things, which is one, understand and try to, encourage your guys that they just lost their the, perhaps the biggest game of their career. And then you come and talk to reporters and you have to give some form of an opening statement that is congratulatory to the Buccaneers. But because the last time we talked to Andy was Thursday afternoon, just hours before the accident, he has to then explain in his opening statement that he feels tragic and deep sadness for what his son has appeared to do. From a psychological standpoint, within the pressure that the Super Bowl already gives you, none of the Chiefs have said this publicly, but I think it's understandable from a human element to say, a guy that you know, that is the coach's son, didn't get on the plane. Mm -hmm. He wasn't there with you. So his responsibilities are then placed on other coaches. You know your coach can't fully be focused on the game because his son is in the hospital dealing with his own surgeries based on what the police have told us since then. And now you're trying to win a football game. And you know, the moment the game ends, whether you win or lose, that family still is going to have to deal with the ramifications of what occurred. And that is essentially what Patrick Mahomes said after the game, that he has to pray for everybody involved because the guy he does know has a direct cause and effect on the people he doesn't know, which is this family, this young girl. I don't know how the team found out if it was very similar to what we all experienced, you know, the night of them finishing their Super Bowl preparations on Friday. Um, Obviously guys know who's been getting tested for the coronavirus every morning before you get practice. So They knew Britt Reed wasn't with them on Friday. They then find out Friday afternoon or Friday night what the true situation of the circumstances are. The Chiefs aren't going to say anything publicly because they're going to, you know, basically let the police do the investigation the way that they feel is necessary. And from what I understand, Britt Reed's probably not going to be an NFL coach when this is all said and done. His career may be over. Um, He may be charged with, you know, serious. The the implications of all this are just it's massive. I mean, I I can't state it enough that Andy Reid was coaching with his son on Thursday. On Friday, his son's coaching career appears to be over. And now we're worried about 
whether or not a five-year-old can get through multiple surgeries and wake up again because of what you know Andy Reid's son did. Um, we all have a job to do in life. Sometimes we do that under extreme circumstances. Um, but I think it's it's incredibly unfortunate, but you also can't deny that that had to have played some role emotionally, psychologically, and clearly perhaps even in coaching schematics um, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, how often do teams arrive on the Super Bowl the day before the game because there's not usually a pandemic? And how often do they arrive the day before the game knowing a little girl in our community could have died because one of our coaches mm-hmm. may have made a, a very, a very preventable mistake. That's heavy. That that's that that's heavy. Whether you are an NFL player, whether you work at the loading dock, whether you are you know working at a group, to 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 know that someone that you you know your brother in arms, someone that you go to war with, uh, was involved in something like that, and for you to just set that aside and focus in on the task at hand, it's a hell of a lot easier said than done. Yep, it is. And um, what moves forward will be fans asking the chiefs to take care of the family in some way, shape or Mm -hmm. form, no matter uh, how we leave from this. Some people, you know, are calling for Brett Reed to never coach again. Right. I mean, some people are wondering if the police will go through an investigation that could take up to weeks, right? Because they know the notoriety of Brett Reed and they also know um, they want to be as, you know, as factual and understand the case as best they can. Um, so that if he is trialed or excuse me, if he is charged and it does go to a trial, they have the you know, they feel like they've done their civic duty uh, for the community. Um, it's they a still lot. have to get the toxicology reports back. And that usually yes. takes a little bit of time. Yeah. That does. Uh, yeah. Once once a potential suspect tells you in a multi vehicle accident that they've that they have you know been drinking and the police who are at the scene of the accidents say that it appeared that he was intoxicated. You go through the test and I'm sure the labs are going to go through it multiple times just to make sure that they're aware of what, you know, his levels were. And if it was above, you know, the, the law requirement and how much of that played a factor in, um, in his decision-making and his reaction time. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to be something that's going to dominate the off season when normally you say, man, how can a team lose the Super Bowl? How can they get back? How do we fix the offensive line? I feel like all those questions are very minimal when you know this is this is how the offseason kind of started, is with is with the tragedy that we hope everybody survives. And the fact that we don't know that yet and how uncertain that feels, um, it's just it's 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 not the way um anybody thought the end of this season was gonna come out. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Thanks, brother. Thank you appreciate all for having you. me. Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate it. It was a it's a fun time. It was a an interesting season in an historic, unprecedented time. And, uh, you know, we'll keep trying to inform you guys as we move forward. But thank you for having me on. As someone who used to cover the Knicks like yourself, uh, I think you'll take this kind of, you know, unprecedented <laughs> season over the ones that you covered because they yep. sucked when you were yeah. there. They, they, were, they were a controversy waiting to happen, as I, as I always tell people. 
Yes, yes, yes. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you, guys. I really appreciate it. Another great interview, as always. What was your biggest takeaway from what Nate told us today? Oh, goodness. Oh, I, you know, we, we played our, our version of the of the blame game there, and, and I, I thought that we were going to kind of really be having opposing moves, but we both were on the same page about Tyreek Hill. Um, that look, Cheetah was like more like kitty cat out there. Uh, he just didn't play like a big time player. And I've to this, you can't convince me that him and those other guys didn't play as though they were scared of Tom Brady, as if Tom Brady's presence just for whatever reason just rattled them to their core. Uh, they were, it felt the game felt more like Brady did just enough to keep his team where they should be. And Kansas City seemed to damn go out of their way to suck for the first time all season. Uh, the offensive line, I know they had their issues, but they did a good enough job to put the the special the, the players who can make plays like Tyreek Hill in position to make plays, and they didn't get it done. And it seemed that as the game went on, they just became more and more just, I, I think, just not, not just disappointed, but just dejected that they couldn't win that game, that a lot of the doubts that I think a lot of players have they were embracing them. And to me, the only guy that, that really came to play, not came to play, came to win, was Mahomes. And the problem, he didn't have one to play with. What do you have coming down the pipeline this week? Ah, let's see. Other than giving betonline.ag shout-outs, because that's what I love to do. Um, I will I have a story in a bleach report. It'll be, I think, uh, Thursday, um, and we'll be talk. I'll be talking about just our good buddy Doc Rivers, and some of the Jedi mind tricks that he's playing in Philly, and, and how that that that's been a big part of why they've been one of the better teams in the East pretty much all season. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that, and also we'll, we'll have some. We'll start looking at some of the All Star uh, names out there, and just kind of putting my own little mock All Star team together. And yes. The Celtics will be well represented. And our buddy Kyrie, you'll have to wait and see where I got him, uh, if I have him at all on my group. Uh, so anyway, what you got, Miss Kwani? I'm just going to call you Queen Kwani today because you got this this certain regalness with the hair and the little... little podcast, you definitely want to check out the YouTube version as well because I did... Dressed up today. As I mentioned, it was for the 10 questions with NBC 10 Boston. But I have another one coming up on Friday. Did it, drum roll, please. <laughs> she's from Massachusetts. Well, she's not. She's originally from Chicago. But she is oh, no, a congresswoman in Massachusetts, Ayanna Presley. So that should be a very interesting interview if you want to check it out. But, of course, this podcast, I'm glad that people made it this far and listened to the whole thing. As always, our good friends, betonline.ag. You can follow them online at betonline underscore ag and take advantage of that best bonus in the business. Sign up for their free account using the promo code CLNS50. And, you know, use the hashtag betonline to show us that you're in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. For Quani Queen V A Lunas. <laughs> Uh, this is H. Rock Blakely with the A-List Podcast, and we will catch you next week. We next time are, you hear me, I will be a year older. And you'll have a few more five-star reviews under yes. your belt as well. That's the goal. That's-
There you go. <laughs> Cornier Lunas, Ashraf Blakely, A-List Podcast. We are out. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.